Hello and welcome to We's Drop and Get the Movies. I'm Mike. And I'm Jose. Uh, and today we want to introduce uh, Celia Nichols to you. She's uh, here from Canada and she's a complete whiz at cinema. Uh, you know, the, the, the entire cliche of video store worker who's seen everything. Uh, so we're very pleased to have her here with us today to talk about First Reformed, uh, Paul Schrader's new film, uh, which has been getting a whole bunch of buzz. It's had like a, 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 a formal big release in London. You know, it's playing art house cinemas across the UK. And I think it's, it's, his, it's his best reviewed film uh, in many, many years. So let's begin with you, Celia. What did you think of it? Um, I, yeah, it was really hard to know what to make of it uh-huh. on the first viewing. I, I thought it was a little strange, kind of. I don't know. Like, I, I mean, uh, immediately I kind of thought about Paul Schrader's book that he had written about um, Bresson, Ozu, and Dreyer and stuff. And so this has the form of there's a, a priest and he has a diary that he's writing in. Yes. But uh, uh, there's so a bunch of... of diary of a country Yeah, priest, kind yeah. of. And also, like, he's, he's, he's ill, he's dying of something. And yes. there was kind of, like... I think you were meant to, to make that connection. Yes. Um, and, and yet, like, the content of it didn't really seem to have... It didn't um, kind of work in, in in contrast with the film for me anyway because I thought well it's it's not really a film about a crisis of faith I don't think it's about some other kind of crisis and yes. I, I couldn't maybe put my finger immediately on what that crisis was okay well we'll come to that because yeah. I think that's a really good point Mike yeah. I kind of felt like I I was certainly I was very nonplussed by it as I am with this I I feel like. Um, it's it's a film that I'm almost sort of not qualified to to talk about in a way because um, uh, it's uh, it, it seems to be part of a kind of genre of religious uh, sort of slightly transcendental meditative films that I never have got a grip on. Mm. Um, maybe something like uh, Silence uh, by Martin Scorsese. Uh, is reminiscent of it, and and, it, and that's and I was the same way with that. I I felt like I couldn't get to grips with it yes. and really understand what these characters were were trying to deal with and, and what they were going through. I, I was questioning um, uh, uh, Ethan Hawke's character in this. Why? Just what is he despairing about? Um, and uh, I suppose that is one of the central questions of the film. But. Well, he's always saying, you know, that a wise... Well, what was the phrase that he used? A wise person is always holds two contradictory thoughts in their mind. Yeah. One is hope, one is despair. Uh, so, and, you know, Ethan Hawke ends up not being that wise. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah at the same time, like, he, uh, he's not... I mean, he doesn't... He has different grounds for despair than, like, the abandoned by God or something because yes. he does he does profess his faith quite energetically and he says I'm not having a crisis of faith that's not what this is yes I don't so, think this is a religious film at all and I think yeah. I agree with both of you it, this film is not about faith to me at all I didn't say that oh I think it is in a way in fact it's one of the things that I didn't like about Ethan Hawke's character is, is his slight crisis of faith um, that you know he says at one point in, in his diary why can't I pray something like that um, and it sets up this it's a character that I've seen before the, the priest who uh, is struggling with his faith I feel like I've seen that and it didn't I, 
I, I didn't I feel that. I sort of didn't either. I don't know. Like, I, 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 I think, because I, I was sort of viewing it through this prism of, like, Diary of a Country Peace. This is not like that at all for no. me. But I did think one thing that was quite interesting was that there's this kind of dream sequence thing yes. with Amanda Seyfried where they're kind of floating around over yes. the environmental devastation of Earth or whatever. Yes. It reminded me a bit of, like, so there's the moment in Diary of a Country Peace when he dies and there's no longer any imagery in the film there's just the, the cross mm. and and he says everything is grace and and like that's the moment at which he sort of like receives his absolution and, and he, he does believe again and whatever yes. and so like there's these met two well w- one definite kind of magical realist bit and then another one where i thought i don't know if this is or it isn't um uh, and, well, and so that that there was something going on there as well with the 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 use of the like of not strictly realist imagery anymore. Like, I'd like to come back to talk about the look of the film, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. You know, and all of that because I think it, it for me that was a problem, um, and maybe this is a good moment to, to tell the plot. Yeah, yeah sure. So that, yeah. You know, uh, uh, people can follow it, and then kind of you know we can talk about this question of of faith. Okay, so the plot, uh, roughly speaking, is. Um, Ethan Hawke is a reverend, Reverend Toller, his name is, uh, of a very small, dwindling uh, congregation in, I want to say, it's in New England somewhere, mm-hmm. um, that type of area. Um, it's, it's an old church, and it's coming up to its 250th year. And he, it's, it's, it's fairly disparate. It's, um, so he uh, is visited by one of his uh, parishioners, Mary, who's played by uh, Amanda Savory. Um, who's pregnant, and her husband? Uh, why, why does she go to him in the first place? He's just having a kind of crisis himself. He doesn't she get in touch with him because she says, "Well, I'm pregnant," and he says he doesn't want to have a baby. Yes, yes, so yes. That's, that's the main. That's reason. it. He doesn't want to bring the child into the world. Yeah. Yes, but she does also say that he's just come out of jail. Yeah, you know, he's he's depressed. He's, she's basically filled out a form for employment for him, so it's also worry yeah. about his, yeah. his, well, his personal well-being. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, he kind of schedules uh, a meeting with the husband, and there's a very long scene where the two of them talk about uh, essentially the world is genuinely dying. Mm. Um, how can you justify bringing a child into it? And of course, the other side of it is the child is coming, and what right do you have to kill it? Mm. It's it's that felt trite to me that scene in particular. Um, the, the 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 reverend himself is having his own sort of personal problems. He's ill um, and he's dealing with a trauma from the past. Yes. Um, there's there's a really big popular as uh, sort like of a mega church. Yeah, mega church. Yeah. Uh, nearby, which is which he's connected to. He's which, a part of. Yeah, which he's connected to. That they're they're part of the same community, but this mega church is also sort of taking over from him. The, the, um, the, the celebrations that are coming up for the 250th consecration of his church are being slightly co-opted mm. by this mega church with, with, with its money and power mm. and so on. Um, and, and mega donors as well. Yes. yes. Some, is, to me, to me that, that is what the film is about. Yeah. yeah so, well, let's say, you know, j- from, just quickly from here on, spoilers. Yes. That's right. a spoiler-free version. Yes. Now we'll talk about anything yes. you like. Yeah. So to me, rather than the film being about faith, which I don't think it is, but, the film yeah. is about what is the role of the church. Yes. Yeah? Yeah. So here we are in a world 
that is destroying itself, right? And you're not allowed as a church to offer any kind of critique. Whereas 150 years ago, you were leading slaves onto the path of freedom by political involvement in the railway, yeah, the railway underground, right? Mm -hmm. The underground railway. Yeah. So I think the whole film is actually very much about that for me, yeah? Kind of, you know, how, what, what can you do? What can you act? You have a responsibility to speak truth to power. Yes. I yeah. think at the same time, though, there, there is kind of a faith component to that because mm-hmm. he, he's, like, settled on this course of action, which is that he's going to do a suicide bombing. So there's, like, a political resonance to that, but there is also, like, a religious connotation as well. Because yeah. it's, it's an act that's not strictly... It's an act that's associated in, in, with, in with Islamic terrorism. World. Yeah. yeah. So, like, it's... I, um, and, 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 like, like it, it, it makes me think... I don't know if it's, like, really off-base, but it makes me think as well of, like, well, Jesus as a political um, figure as well. Like, he was saying all of these kind of really hot political things, and then he murdered himself because of his, his views that, like, we should all love one another and... I don't know, various other things, right? Like, no money changing in the temple, and I don't know what. So, well, I mean, there's, like, a lot, there's a lot in the film about the, stu- the stu- uneducated knowledge of history and the Bible yes. spoken as truth. Yes. You know, it's famously that line where one of the kids says, Jesus wouldn't turn the other cheek, <laughs> right? Like, uh, yeah. yeah. So, so, so I think... I think there's a lot about it. I'm not, I don't know, but um, I'm not sure. So, when at the end, yeah, he's first going to bomb everything yeah. uh, through himself. Um, but then when he doesn't, he, he brings out the, the barbed wire. The barbed wire, which is, I think, a very kind of religious imagery. Yeah, it's like yeah. a it's, crown of thorns, exactly. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and so on. So, um, yeah, but I, th- I, but I don't think he's ever in doubt about his faith. I, 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 I don't think so either. Uh, I, that did not no, really but, come across to me. Uh, when I said, I think I said slight crisis of faith earlier, and I really meant the word slight, and I think it's more about practice than it is about belief. I don't think he's ever questioning his beliefs, but it is interesting when he says, why can't I pray? There's something practical in that. Mm. And I think what's not in question is his role in the community. Yes. And that's what, and I think it's also something that I liked about um, uh, Calvary, the John is a John McDonough film um, from from about four years ago, which was quite similar. It was it was about you know a priest and his role in the community, and it, that yes. was that was more political. That was about uh, Peter Billy, I think. Yes. Um, in, in the Catholic Church, but uh, it reminded me of it in that what that film made me realise as someone who's not not a Christian for one thing but also never really been religious yeah. um, despite the fact I was a, a, a part of a Jewish synagogue I never really realised the role um, the, the very central role in a really practical way uh, that priests and other religious leaders um, have a play in their communities I never really thought about that before I've, I've always God. I've always I, I, and I know that sounds sort of blind and stupid but I've always considered it to be but I come from an it was like an atheist point of view of going why do you need them you know what are they doing they just lie but all that sort of stuff maybe not quite that violently the thing but, I think that was kind of interesting was like in comparison to Diary of a Country Peace like the priest in Diary of a Country Peace is a terrible priest like he's mm. not he's not really tending his flock very mm. effectively and 
he's not helping others with their crises of faith and he's not he's not really even providing the sacraments very effectively and stuff but on the other hand that um Reverend Toller is is really good. Yes, he is so good. The children love him, as they say, and like all this yeah. kind of stuff. Um, so. But yeah, I, I think there's a critique of the role of the church. So yeah. you see this mega church, and you see the choir, and you see the corporate funding, yeah. and you realize, of course, that you know the through huge for huge chunks of the U.S., particularly the rural U.S. That church is the only social life going, yeah. right? It's yeah. what organizes the choir and the cookies and the meetings and the this and the that yeah. and, yeah. The, you know, yeah. the AA. So, you know, without the church, there is no social life, yeah. you know. But that's not just a good thing, you know. So, so actually, the role of the church historically to me is always, is always dual in that sense. So it does do these things for the community, it, you know. It's psychiatrists and, you know, all kinds of things at once. On the other hand, it's very coercive. Yeah. That's yeah. the only game in town, yeah. and you better yeah. toe the path. Yeah, right. you do get a thing like with Christian charities where they're sort of like, we'll hand out sandwiches to the homeless if they pray with us first. That's yeah. right. Yeah. So, so there's that element, and actually you see that in the film, it's what he's struggling with, right? It's yeah. like, you know, why can't you say that something is wrong? Because he discovers as well that, like, the main source of their funding is... is um, from this guy who's uh, connected yeah, a with, fuel the, with the company yeah. that's involved in ruining the earth. I know. I just think it's not very well dramatized, right? So It was kind of like some of that stuff was a little clunky. Maybe. I thought it was clunky. Yeah. And, and I, was, I was both fascinated by the visuals. Cause you know what I really liked? Uh, I really liked, so another thing that was kind of Brissonian about it maybe was that he was really good about the way he filmed Ethan Hawke's face like there'd be those shots where it was like not, not like really really close up but it would just be his face and, yes. and like he has a really good face actually. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and so you could see him kind of like struggling like we maybe didn't know strictly with what he was struggling but you could see it in his face like it was sort of like almost a um, and you Jan could Falcon Eddie kind of thing yeah, like, it, maybe not that intense and you could you tell know, what he like, was struggling with I, I thought well I felt I could tell I wasn't I but that's like that, not I kind of thought I liked that aspect of visual design it had it had certain elements that were very conscious for example you know there was a lot of seeing through corners so three yeah. quarters of the frame would but be I, empty and then you'd see mm-hmm. him you know further back in the corner of the frame there was also this odd bit of editing where the shot would be cut just two or three seconds after you expected it to. Yeah. Yeah, you know, so... That's uh, a very Brissonian kind yes. of technique, too. And, you know, yeah, so, so, so there's all of those things that seem kind of very deliberate. And on the other hand, for me, the film lacked texture. You know, mm-hmm. I wanted it to have sweep. Like, amazing things were happening. Mm-hmm. And actually, I thought even the moment where, you know, he and Amanda Seyfried join (laughs) and actually it's this thing about almost like earthly communion the communion of touch rather than you know faith yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah. that it lacked visual splendor so it's it's probably the 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 shot in the film that has most going on yeah 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 but it still didn't feel it had had no sweep that shot in particular felt cheap and i think that that, it did it felt cheap together cheaply superimposed yeah and that I think it's actually the central problem of that shot. I think it could... Uh, I don't necessarily think it needs to be a, a kind of... transform into an epic 
tweet, the film has its has its muted style, and I think it sort of suits it. It's a film that is about stoicism and loneliness. Quite I a lot. still think it lacks texture. Yeah. But I wondered though if like you know the the really sort of the flatness of it isn't also again like this this um, harking back to Bresson because well, films they they are visually. I think you're over. You're overstating like, Bresson, maybe, though. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, uh, the, uh, he is clearly influenced by uh, by Bresson, as you said. You know, but the book was called Ozu and Dreyer as well. Yeah. Right? So, yeah. And so some of the cutting is very Ozu-like, yes. and then actually. And there's like the Dreyer kind of close-ups close close on the face, face and, stuff and so. Like that, yeah. But you know, and also you know, he wrote famously on film noir and so on. So there's. You know, he's not he's not just about Bresson. No, but the yeah. flatness is part of his style. I just, just feel yeah. like maybe he had he thought that it was time to explore that in cinema because it doesn't. I don't think he's ever really kind of looked at any of those things stylistically in his work to now. Maybe I don't. Know I don't know. I mean, you know, I've, I mean, for a while I saw pretty much everything that he did. He yeah. did you know, American Gigolo and Cat People and Mishima, you know, and... It's like a lot of those are very sort of more reflected. And they're flat. They are as well. You know, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So, so I wondered if, you know... The one thing I thought was kind of interesting was there's this one totally random scene where he goes out and eats some sushi, and I was yes. like, oh, it's like his kind of, his interest in Japanese culture or something. Culture. Yeah. yeah, but like it's just plonked in here, yeah. just like... And he talked about what sometimes you have to do what you want to do or something like that. There, so, yeah. There's no point in denying you yourself something. Yeah, but and then I thought like it's like an, it's an, um, I guess a postmodern auteur film because it has like no sort of personal stamp on it, but there's all of these um, references no, yeah. or allusions I maybe to all these different these other auteurs that I, he's uh, no, no, admires, I think, but... I think, I think you could see it as a, as a Schrader you film. You could see it. Yeah, I think okay. characteristically and thematically, I mean, yeah. the other film that he's famous for is, you know, what it was called, Hardcore with George C. Scott, where right. he plays a preacher, and then his daughter runs away from home and gets caught up in the porn industry, and he follows her into that yeah, world, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. So, yeah. you know, this, and, and he's a Calvin, he's from a very religious family, he has to escape to go to university. Yeah. So, but I I, but like, like there, <laughs> he's very <laughs> intense. Yes. Like, he's very sort of like, you know, I mean, it's way more a crisis of, you know. Well, I think this film, to me, I, I kind of, I never crisis, engaged I with it. Yeah, yeah. It didn't like touch it was me. very distant. Yeah, it's very cool, very distant. I thought visually it lacked texture, which is not to say that the images weren't planned. You could see how they were and yeah. you could admire some of the compositions. And there was that wonderful image actually at the funeral of the young man, right? You know, where they're playing that song and you have that barge that's all rusted and halfway into the river and then you have an oil rig in the background. And I thought almost like the the themes of the film were actually all contained within that that image. Yeah. Right, you know, kind of the funeral of the idealist young man who kind of, you know, shot himself because <laughs> there's no future yeah. in front of the rusted boat, yeah, you know, half-sunk boat. Yeah. yeah, and then with the oil rigs, yeah, uh, amidst all this pollution in what was obviously a pristine place yeah. once, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, um, but still didn't grab me. Yeah, I, I so, could see it. There was something I... The other thing I disliked about the Ethan Hawke character um, was uh, his illness. 
Yes. Um, he's ill and he's kind of throwing up and, 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 and coughing. People are saying, why don't you go to the doctor? And he keeps putting it off. Eventually, he does get around to going to the doctor mm. and the doctor suspects uh, cancer. Yes. And, and this kind of... I, I think... I can't see a purpose for that in the film other than to heighten the tension when he's got the suicide vest on because the fact that he is terminal means that you it, it feels more likely that he will uh, kill himself. Yes. And I think it would be more interesting if, if that weren't a part of it. I saw that coming a mile away, mm. actually. Yeah. You know, as, 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 soon, as soon as he kept the vest, yeah. you just know that it's going to happen. Yeah. yeah, that he's going to use it. The question is when. Check off. Really, and, you know. and, and yet, are we allowed to say... Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. We say lots of stuff. Yeah, of course he doesn't. He's he's stopped. Which is the other very movie-ish thing. Like, is there is is there any significance to the fact that the young woman is named Mary and is pregnant? You know what I mean, like. Yeah, there must be. Yeah. You know. And actually, wasn't also. (laughs) And also, (laughs) Joseph is isn't the the priest's name Joseph? Isn't Isn't that his name? Yeah. So. So. Because lands, ha- right? Because he doesn't really hammer no. any of it home. But like, he the priest is named with... Ernst. His he... son, who died, was named Joseph. Was named oh, okay, Joseph. right. Okay, okay. Yeah. Sorry, so sorry. He, yeah. he doesn't ever really like. I mean, he sets up all this stuff, but he, there's never like really a good payoff to any of it. I guess that's right. the problem, right? Like, there's all these different sort of, and also they're a little bit ham-fisted, all of them. Maybe. They were a little bit what? Ham-fisted. I think they are ham-fisted. Like, yeah. So so it's like this combination. Of, Actually, I think this is kind of a middle-brow person's idea yeah, of a complex movie. film. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but wait, let's think about, like, what, what times did it do best? Like, what were the things that it did well, actually? Because it wasn't without stuff like that, was it? I don't think. Well, the thing is, I mean, you know, Paul Schrader has his admirers, and they're probably all going to come and bite me in the ass. But, you know, I just think he's somebody who, who knows a lot about film, yes. right? Maybe but too but, much, in a way. But who doesn't, you know, who doesn't seem to have a flair for the medium himself, Maybe. right? Like, yeah. I mean, all of the films that he's most famous for are the ones directed by this primarily taxi driver, yeah. you know? Um, and I think that is the difference between Scorsese and him. Yeah. He's obviously got, like, really good ideas. I'm sure he writes very good screenplays. Yeah. Though even this one, I wish somebody else had come on and kind of put it together a bit better. Yeah. Right? Because it is full of, like, interesting ideas. But I don't think they're flushed out, no, no. you know, very consistently or I well. Agree. I agree, yeah. um, You know, and certainly it's, it's not sophisticated enough to work on an intellectual basis where the distance and so on yeah. might be a, a, an enjoyable game. Yeah. And yet it's never emotionally affecting either. So I think it lacks both, Yeah. you know. It's sort of like in the middle. Yeah. Kind of fish nor fowl. Um, that's my view. Yeah. So. Mm. What did you make of the very end when he's um, torturing himself? I hated so. that. And then Mary he's really shows out up. out of character with the whole rest of it. I, I didn't get it. No. You know? I mean, outside of some kind of a religious imagery, I just don't get that scene. No. You know? Yeah. Kind of. So he's hurting himself. He's not even killing himself. Isn't you he? Know? All, like, Paul Schrader frequently has, like, self-harming yeah. you know, heroes, kind of. Um, but it just doesn't make any sense. No. So if he's dying and he wants to make a statement... There are other ways of killing yourself without blowing everybody else up, you know, like... But it's almost like... He could have killed himself. 
But this is just hurting himself. Yeah, like he isn't necessarily making a statement because he does then sort of don this holy white robe. Yeah, which you think he's then going to go, you know... Yeah. I all, thought he was going to go and reconsecrate the church and then them. With his blood. Like, hey, what's all this blood? Yeah. <laughs> yeah we have better ideas for the film than Schrader does. No, no, to, to be fair, it's certainly unclear at that point what he's going to do. And, yeah. you, and you don't get the chance to find out because that's when he's interrupted by Mary. Yeah. And then and then they embrace. And as, and, and as you say, the... Um, the camera starts spinning. Spinning. It's, um, it's, it's it basically... It doesn't even spin very well. No, it doesn't, it doesn't spin very well. <laughs> it's like the worst spin but in it's, a film. But <laughs> it, it's, it's this... Um, My question about that, though, was like, is that another sequence, like the one where they kind of join as one, where it's, it's not strictly happening? Like, is that real, or is that kind of a... A vision that he has. No, I, I took it as real. I took you it did. as real. Okay. Yeah. She comes in and she says one word. I didn't hear what, what she said. What the, she said one word. I can't remember. Uh, no idea. Yeah. Um, I can't remember what... Because it I wasn't mean, I, his name. It was something else. I didn't... Uh, I mean, I didn't make anything of it. I, I yeah. heard it. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. I didn't... I couldn't um, What I didn't like was the way... You know, you think... What what the Palma could have done with that swirl, yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, or with, like, with the it, thorns and the blood and everything. Yes, right? you know. With that said, I didn't hate the actual idea of it, and I think it was executed reasonably well. I, and it felt it felt like an emotional payoff to me. And I get the feeling that it's something that people who you know, critics who really like the film will probably have an issue with the end because it's too movieish. Actually, it was. A, I didn't have a problem with that. I I didn't mind that there was a little bit of. I mean, you know that I'm a softy. Yeah. But yeah, I didn't mind that there was a kind of um, emotional coming together. And you've seen there's a connection between the two of them anyway. Not necessarily seen that there's a um, you know maybe an, an attraction, but there's definitely a, a connection between between those two characters. It is an attraction, you know. Um... I don't like that it cuts to black. They're like the Sopranos. That is sad. So I hate it. What a stupid rip-off ending. By the way, spoilers for the Sopranos. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we should say that there's there's kind of a contrast between Mary and this other yes. woman who leads Very the important, yes. leads this the super choir at the mega yes. church or whatever. And I can't yes. remember what her name was, but. He, she's like a very caring person, and she's asking, oh, it's very solicitous about his health, and she wants to know, like, have you gone to a doctor, and was, and we, oh, we found out it's this, is it yes. cancer? You know, what can I do? You should let me. And I guess there's like sort of this this hint that something has happened between them in the past, yes. and she's kind of like, it's you should let. A, a hint, it's we like, should get married. And yeah, I mean, yeah. it's not very subtle, right? It's just outright some yeah. stuff happened, and yeah. then, but and then like. Maybe it's she's kind of like like oh we should get married and then I can look after you, you should be looked after or something and then he he's like a real sort of dick to her <laughs> I don't know it's just like I I hate you and everything you stand for and I'm well and I, I didn't think he was like, a dick to her because the thing is I thought that was very interesting and very well done because yeah. it's this type of person who under the guise of being solicitous yes it's about them right? it's about them yeah, 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 it's yeah, about yeah. getting what they want yes. She's only being solicitous because she wants him. Yeah. Right? Like, you know, she, yeah. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah It's yeah, just yeah. a way of getting him. Yeah. So I understood that perfectly. And actually, I, I understood him perfectly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, like, I'm saying, like, in contrast to the other female character, which, which is Mary, and she's asking him to do all of these things. And I always thought that that was going to take a turn, like, where she's like, oh, could you just dispose of this suicide vest? And could you just 
you know, scrape my husband's brains up off the snow and all this kind of stuff. You know what I mean? Like, I, I thought, well, this is gonna, maybe this is going to go to some really dark place, and suddenly he's, like, implicated in yeah, some environmental I, terrorist plot or well, something like that. if only. Might have been yeah, 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 yeah. Something yeah. more interesting. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, but I mean like, sort of out, of out of nowhere, like, she just comes in, right? And suddenly it's like, you know, no ask is too big, and he's kind of... Well, she does say, can you find someone to do this for me? Yes, yeah, right? yeah. So, so, and actually that's where you see that there is a mutual attraction because, yeah. you know, he says, oh, I'll do it no, myself, yeah, and, yeah. you know, and that's... But it, it's done quite... I mean, that's quite subtle because you could see it growing. Yeah. It's not something immediate. And actually, that's the opposite of the coercive woman, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, uh, so something happens between them that happens to both of them. Yeah. Whereas the other one... It's like, you know, she clearly is out to get him when he clearly doesn't want it. Yeah. You know? yeah so yeah, yeah. Her name's Esther, by the way. Esther. And if I could Another re- biblical well, yeah, but if I could remember my Bible, I would tell you what Esther did. But I um, can't. Actually, no, Esther was married to somebody. Nebuchadnezzar or someone, um, to king. And, and she's got something to do with Purim. I remember that. Right. Well, I don't... That's, I'm, you know, fucking pointless trying to remember any of that <laughs> I don't I don't think it's, it, I, well, I always get confused with like whoever it did lead to one of the best moments in the film where where he is a dick to her and yeah. um, uh, and, and tells her that I can't remember I, I can't remember exactly the he phrasing said, like, but, I hate I hate what you bring out in me or yeah something. I, I despise the, you I despise you and the version of me or the, what I become yeah and then he says he says something unbelievably cruel to her dismissive of her like you are, she describes as something, something so insulting. I can't remember what it is, but that moment you could hear like a, like sharp intakes of breath throughout the room. That's true. That yeah. connected with people. That moment. Mm. Yeah. And, and I mean, and I suppose it's a bang on. Like he says, I don't like this version of me, and you haven't seen that version of him until just then. Yeah. You go, holy crap! This guy's got dimensions. <laughs> he can go dark. <laughs> um, I been looking at best friend, you know. Yeah, it's yeah. a complicated enough story that you yeah, can't be exactly. bothered yeah. to read it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta get a clear answer on that one. Exactly. <laughs> so, um, it was an interesting film. It kind of, it certainly gave us a lot to talk about. Yeah. But it was very unsatisfactory. Yeah. yeah unsatisfying. Unsatisfying. Even, maybe, like, I don't know. Well, it was both unsatisfying, and because it was unsatisfying, it's unsatisfactory. Yes, Do any of you want to add anything to that? Well, I guess, like, for me, okay, like, I know everybody loves all of the um, Richard Linklater films, the Sunset films, and have Ethan Hawke in them. I love whatever. them. Whatever, and he's just never really grabbed me as an actor before, but actually in this, I was sort of, like, very taken with him. He's, yeah. He was really, like... He's doing wonderful. a lot with not much. He's, I think he's so, wonderful in Parenthood. Boyhood, you mean? Boyhood, so okay. yeah. Okay, I, I boyhood. hadn't seen Boyhood. But oh, Boyhood's like, but fantastic. Like he, had, he, had, he has a really beautiful face. Like He, it was, he very, was like a teen idol, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean like now, like and in this yeah. film. Well, it now. It was kind of like, like, not beautiful, like pretty. Yeah. But, but just like there was such... Character. Yeah, and I think like there were moments in the film where you could see that and yes. I, I kind of appreciated it for that it, maybe that's very shallow no no because it, I like, think it was expressive yeah like he he was really and, and so that way it was very unlike Bresson where nobody's everybody's really a stone face in yes. all of those films and so he, he was like yeah almost a silent film actor in some of those scenes where yes. it was like he was just kind of like from the shoulders up and he 
I, I was I was very taken with him in a yeah, way well, that I don't think I've ever been before. Uh, well, yeah. I. Yeah, I've I like him more and more because I mean there was mm-hmm. a sense like particularly as he ages, yeah. Kind of. There's more. There's like layers. Coming well, in, kind of. In the in the first sunset film, it's almost like he's too full of himself. Yeah. Yeah. There's something almost. There's something. I mean, I love him in it, and yeah. I love the film. The character is quite full of himself. Yeah. But it's he it's, it's a bit off putting. Yeah. 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 Whereas actually I think um he's also trying more interesting roles. Yes, you know? yeah, I guess that's And he's true doing too. more interesting things yeah. and he's working yeah. with more interesting people. I love him in training day. I love him in training day. You know, it's that kind of kind of ingenue, naive I mean it's it's a very it's quite a cliche role. Those those are slight archetypes in that film, but he plays it brilliantly and yeah. I think he and, and actually it's um that is kind of when he's on the younger side, that's the point of that character. Mm. Yeah. And I like that. I love before sunset where it's not. It's not him so much as it is just generally the idea behind the film, the way it's made. That the the amazing argument scene. Mm. Uh, sorry, before midnight rather than the third one. The amazing argument scene in, in before midnight where, where the two uh, characters are, arguing, but it it kind of develops very slowly and then it blows up and then it dies down again and then it blows up again and it's like a forty minute scene. It's like an aria. It's yeah. unbelievable it's, it's and it's wonderful. it's incredibly well observed. Yeah. Like it's the only time I've. Re- I've Feel like I've really seen an argument that on film this is that that understands how how that those how the dialogue should all, should work in them how these things bubble up and go away and how they can come from out of nowhere. I I thought you know and again that that's that's not specifically anything Hawk thing although obviously he's a big part of the scene. It's just a brilliant original scene in that film. Okay, yeah. so um, let's wrap it up here. Um, and I just kind of want to say that, uh, you know, today's a landmark day, uh, not <laughs> only because Celia is with us, but because it's the first time that Mike and I have been recognized as being from eavesdropping at the movies in a cinema yeah. by the sound of our voices. <laughs> so thank you very much, yeah, Laura. Thank you, Laura. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, Laura Craven, who talks to us on, on Twitter at times as well, um, and runs, uh, a, runs a food blog. I am Birmingham. She recognised us. Wasn't that lovely? That was, it was lovely. It was. I was, so, I was really excited to be seen with yes. such celebrities. Yeah. So, um, thank you very much for listening. Uh, we welcome uh, your input, uh, particularly if you disagree with anything uh, that we said and uh, you'd like to pursue it. We are on uh, Twitter, Facebook, SoundCloud, and iTunes. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, thank you very much for listening. Cheerio. Bye. Okay. (laughs) Let's have some ice cream.